this is Dean Carnassus, the Ultra Marathon Man, and you are listening to the FitCast. Hello, welcome to Kesok and Fonza's FitCast. What's up, world? Hey, how's it going? What's new with you, buddy? Um, I'm really resentful that you live in Austin right now. What, because the average this week is about 70 degrees? I wake up, it's about 50, and then it may get up to 80 or 81 every day this week. No, no precipitation. Yeah, well, the northern half of the United States was hit by a bunch of snow today. Yeah, well, you know what? That'll happen. I am I am a little bit envious, though. Of snow? No, definitely not of snow. Although, <laughs> I am going to go an entire year without seeing snow, which will be kind of cool. Um, but normally, you know, with Facebook posts, like, I am one of the people I like. I put really cool stuff on there, not to make people feel bad, but hope they can enjoy it. Likewise, like when I see other people do like really cool stuff, I'm like, wow, that's really cool for them. You know, congratulations on your baby or vacation or whatever. Like I'm truthfully happy, but you know, one one hundredth of one percent of the time I look at a Facebook post and I'm like, fuck, the envy just takes over. Right. And I'm like, God, I wish I was there. And, And partner, I hate to say it. It was one of your posts. Oh, was it my uh, party that I hosted? It was. I saw the pictures, and I saw the theme of the party, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing in Austin today? Like, it would have been worth it. You know you would have been invited if you lived, like, 1,500 miles closer. Yes, I'm sure I would have. But, wow, did this party look fun. Tell me about it. Well, it doesn't have to do with fitness. It doesn't have to do... Well, there yes, are a lot of fit people there. It has to do there. with nutrition. It has to do with my bottle share party, my beer party that I hosted last weekend. How cool. So it was awesome. We had, I think we opened probably 30 different bottles of beer, like bombers. Yeah, all bombers, right? Good beer, yeah. And there were probably 30 people here. <laughs> wow. So. Um, it was it was awesome. It was a ton of fun. And, you know, after, right after triathlon, my next love is beer. So. Did you have a favorite beer from the party? I did. In fact, we took votes on what beer was our favorite. All right. And the, the jury came out that Emily Thompson's mango beer, Rogue Mango Astronaut. Oh, that was the number one. They're going to sponsor the entire podcast today, Rogue. Rogue. (laughs) All right, Rogue Brew. Fantastic. And Emily Thompson. She'll be tagged in this episode, of course, right? Oh, she absolutely will. Um, But my favorite beer was my friend Kevin Chu, who Mm -hmm. is training for a half marathon right now and always does triathlons with me. Oh, cool. Um, He brought a wild ale by Dantalian. Oh, no, it was called Dantalian. Um, it was a wild ale, and it was really good, like a sour beer. I love my sours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that was... Wow, what an event. It was so good. I wrote down all the, the names of the beer and who brought them. And, you know, it started out really neat, and I was using different colors. And by the end of the night, I was, like, spelling shit wrong. I was, <laughs> people's na- I was spelling people's names wrong. It just got, like, so messy. I'm like, I'm ready to go puke now. Yeah, well, that'll happen if you even taste one, you know, one ounce of 30 different beers, right? Yeah, and that's, like, what it was. It was just, like, a sip of each one. I saw a lot of fit people having fun, lots of hugs, right? And lots oh, my of, gosh, lots so of much hugs. Yeah, I, I was very envious. I saw those pictures. Well, that's great. I'm glad you had a good time with that. No, but I did not. I was not having a good time 
yesterday. Well, no, I, all in all, yesterday was a good day, but yep. yesterday was the Shamrock Shuffle oh. in Chicago. Has everybody heard of the Shamrock Shuffle? It's like one of the biggest races. That yeah, I mean, it's certainly one of the biggest ones in Chicago, and the Chicago Shamrock Shuffle, it, it's got to be one of the biggest races nationwide, right? Aren't they? Oh, yeah, 40, it's 40,000 people. It's yeah. almost as big as a marathon. Yeah, 40,000 people. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Well, the course is kind of tough, so if you're running, if you're running a race for a PR, that might not be the one to do it, especially since what was the weather like yesterday in Chicago? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It was freezing out yesterday. When I woke up, it was thirty degrees Fahrenheit. Yikes! And but snow. The, the worst part was it was like thirty degrees, and runners are freezing. Us spectators are like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, yeah, we can't even handle it. We're we're bundled up and we're still shivering and huddling. Then we have our after party. We go to the bar. We're leaving the bar, uh-huh. and it's literally seventy degrees outside. Oh wow! More than doubled. That's a that's a nice that's a good day. I mean, it doubled it using the using the Fahrenheit scale, right? Yes. Okay, fair enough. I I didn't think I needed to specify that again. We don't have any Canadians on the line. So. Not on the line, but they're listening to us, they're so listening. you know. They're listening. From Celsius, that went from, uh, what, 30s minus 1 to doubling would have been minus 2. That would have been nothing. They would have been like, it's pretty much the same temperature. It's the same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but using Kelvin, it would have been, what, like 900 degrees. That would have been, that oh, would have been mathematician over here. Well, you know, we got to, we gotta, you know, we're idiots enough. Sometimes you got to throw in a little knowledge, even though I really don't know what the Kelvin scale degrees were yesterday, but. My, my high school physics teacher is listening to this like, Kristen, I told you. Wow, ph- phenomenal. We have listeners from, from all parts of the all parts of our lives. Yeah, we do. Well, cool. So what else was in the Shamrock Shuffle other than being cold? Was it? Um, there was a three-legged race at the Shamrock Shuffle. What, how, what do you mean a three-legged race? You know, a three-legged race where you attach two of your legs. Oh, I thought you had to one like. One of your legs to one of another person's. So was that an official like race thing you had to do it, or was that just something that your like the November Project Chicago people came? Up yeah, with? that was a November Project Chicago thing, and uh, two of our members they uh, decided that they were gonna participate as the only competitors in the three legged race division. All right, sounds like a podium to me. And they won, yeah, they won the three legged race division. Chris and Mitch, fuck yeah, shout out. Oh, those are two big guys. That's a lot of that's a lot of weight pushing three legs. They, and and they did, and not to mention Chris's beard weighs a good like four tons. <laughs> that's true. So Very poor true. Mitch had to drag along Chris's beard as well. Well, and Mitch is coming back from uh, being in Arizona for for the month, so he's probably not liking the thirty degrees. No, he started growing out his beard. I think. Yeah, no beard. good. Well, cool. Sounds like a sounds like a fun day despite the weather. I know. What have you been up to down in sunny Austin? Well, I, I did okay in my golfing nine holes today. It was nice and warm. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know my little my little pitch and putt thing. I I golfed all by myself. Took a half hour. It was fine. I got no birdies, but that's okay. No birdies. Did you go to the drug hole? Uh, I I did go to the uh, well. Of course, hole five. You got to golf hole five. I did not have any drugs, and nobody I was with. I didn't wasn't with anybody, so no one had, no drugs other than uh, I had a beer. Okay, well, all our listeners have to go back and listen to the drug hole episode because that was a good one. Absolutely. And the last episode, because as I was running through Zilker Park yesterday, I saw an entire group, probably like 20 people or so, 
doing acro yoga. Yes, acro! Yes, yeah, so... Uh, I, I acro yoga fans down in Austin, Texas. Apparently, Gretchen had mentioned it, and I had been there, and I kind of pictured what she was talking about. But yeah, there's a whole group of people in acro yoga, which is pretty cool. And yesterday, you know what I did? What? Suntan? I don't know. I did an Olympic distance triathlon. Oh my gosh, did you seriously? I did, yeah. So you swam in your favorite swimming hole? Accidentally, yeah. Swimming was last, so accidental I... Accidental swimming is drowning. No, accidental <laughs> accidental triathlon. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I woke up, Kelly and I went for a run, like a normal, it was 6.26 miles, so, you know, the standard Olympic distance plus... Oh, you're doing the reverse triathlon. I did it. I did the, the try as you like, which is, by the way, an actual series. Uh, you get to choose the order of events in the try as you like triathlons. Oh, that's cool. I would be into that. Yeah, and yesterday I just woke up, Kelly and I were like, let's go for a run. So we ran six and a quarter, you know, a, a, a hair over the, uh normal 10k that is the olympic distance triathlon and then uh you know kind of got home showered went about my day i'm like i'm going for a bike ride so i went for a bike ride now i only biked about 18 miles which is a little short but i was on my hybrid so i give myself a little 20 percent boost that's okay we'll count it so, count it count it close enough a little, little short but that's fine i was and then uh yeah i went home and it was like it got warm and uh kelly actually went out for another run <laughs> Second yeah, run of that's the day. an ultra runner for you folks so uh she went out for another run and i'm like i'm just gonna go down to the pool and splash around a bit because it's a nice evening and i'm like well i might as well get in the water and i swam i swam a lap i'm like why not so i uh i swam a mile in the pool i did a i did a accidental reverse triathlon yesterday best type of accident <laughs> exactly and oh i didn't t- on the on my bike ride Kayak water polo. I saw this. Another brand yeah, you new sent sport. me that picture. That's the coolest thing ever. It was so cool. As a and now this is you know I'm gonna throw out a little humble brag here. I am a former Milwaukee County water polo champion. Whoa! What year? Uh, before all of our listeners were born, <laughs> I would say, if I'm gonna guess, it would be nineteen. 19- 88. Oh, your co-host was born then. 80, somewhere in there. Yes, but but right around there, I was a uh, with the Milwaukee County Life Record. We won the championship, actually twice. Um, I was a goalie at the time. Wow, that's that's awesome. I didn't know that about you. Yep. You got to post that picture on the uh, Facebook page, oh, by the way. I don't know if those are, they didn't have digital photos back then, so I don't know if I have any, but we could maybe look well, it up. Well, at least post the one from yesterday. Oh, yeah, oh, I can do that one. That's cool. Um, yeah, and then uh, also I was, as you know, I was a kayaking guide. So I'm like, this is, why, how am I not playing this sport? Uh, but these, these paddlers were much more talented paddling than I've ever seen. So, uh, but it was cool to watch. A new, brand new sport, kayaking water polo. It was, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my gosh, we need that in Chicago. <laughs> in Chicago, it would be like the Titanic and trying to get... You know, trying to dodge icebergs right now. Yeah, I don't know. So the goal is you have to hang down from the bridge, which is fine here because there's tons of bridges and there's, like, spaces to do that. You really couldn't play water polo on the Chicago River under the bridges. There's kind of a lot of traffic. There's traffic and... And if you flip over because you, you fall over because, you know, you're, you're throwing balls and bumping yeah. into people. Uh, in the Chicago River, you tend to die. Yeah, you'll probably get cancer in an average. So, might not be the best sport for (laughs) for Chicago. But 
Anyhow, I guess you could have floating goals and do it out in the ocean or in the lake. The ocean. The ocean. <laughs> You've been away from it so long, it feels like an ocean, doesn't it? It's so big. It does. So, uh, uh, anyhow, so, uh, yeah, what's new? What, what, what's going on with the podcast? So, today we've got a guest who, she reached out to us, and she was, like, so fucking excited to be on this podcast. Yeah? Um, it? It, was, it was a very, it was a cool experience to have her reach out to us. Um, and just be so enthusiastic. It's so supportive. She wasn't even on the podcast yet, and she's sharing our shit on Facebook. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, but yeah, today we've got Laura Ingalls, and she, a.k.a. DJ Phoenix. And right now she's living in Boston. She's an avid fitness buff, runner, triathlete, nutritionist, personal trainer. You know, she's a jack of all trades. Author, I'm home told, too. Author, author of the book Fuck Skinny. <laughs> Um, and yeah, a huge fan of the FitCast and an all-around awesome human. Well, so. Laura, Laura, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Before We're you so s- happy to have you. I hear that you literally drove six hours through a, no more than that, like eight hours through a snowstorm to get to our podcast. I did. I drove eight hours and I kept being afraid that you were going to be like, you know, we can reschedule. And I was like, no, this is exactly what I need after the stressful day. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, we always drink beer during our FitCast recording. So I hope you are following suit with your adult beverage of choice. Beer, wine, or whatever. I, I am, as a matter of fact, I'm sitting, I have, I have strategically placed my desk and all of my podcasting stuff like next to the beer fridge. So I'm good to go. Oh, so Whoa. it's really your podcast fridge. Yeah. It's my podcast fridge. I got, there's like three elements in that sentence that I just love. One, you have podcasting stuff, and I don't even, I don't even, I'm the host. I don't even have podcasting stuff. I've got a pen. <laughs> and two, That's you have problem. a beer fridge. Yeah, I do. That's amazing. How did <laughs> Laura? How did you hear about the podcast? By the way. Well, I am part of the November Projects community now for the last almost three years. And um, when I was at NP Summit, uh, I got to have, on my last day there, I had made lunch for a few people from the Chicago tribe. And and (laughs) And I had mentioned that I, how much I love being on podcasts and how I wrote, um, I'd written this blog that went viral oh, like last summer, and um, and it was called "I Trained for a Marathon and Got Fat," and it was on RunHaven.com. Oh yeah, I, I a lot of people have read. I know I read that before I knew you from November Project, so that's awesome. Yeah, so that was like a, my first ever like blogging success, and um, and from that, I got to go on a couple of podcasts, and I love, love, loved the experience because I'm an obsessive podcast listener, and somebody was like, oh, there's people at MP that do podcasts, and so, of course, I was immediately like, somebody introduced me, and so... Very cool. Do you remember who you were talking to? Because we want to give a little shout out. Uh, it was Anya. Anya. Yeah, oh, Anya. very nice. Yeah. So, She's like, me. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, I love her. I wish she had brought you to lunch. I was in Chicago last fall for the marathon, and I'm, and we met up for lunch one day right by Wrigley. And I had my first experience of having French fries inside a sandwich, which was strange. Oh, you went to Lucky's. Yeah, I did, and it was and it was odd, but not unpleasant. So, <laughs> so and there's uh, coleslaw on it too, right? Yeah, there was all kinds of everything on the sandwich. 
eventually it was just hard to discern exactly what I was eating. It was more of like a trust. I feel like it was a trust building exercise. And, <laughs> and, and I, you like, know, this isn't going to kill me. It was good. It was really, it was fun. I felt like I got the true Chicago experience as a result. And, um, and uh, then went on my way to the airport from there. So. Well, when you come back, are you doing the marathon this year? Did you? So I, I coach with team and training in the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And so we will be back at Chicago this year. So I will. Yeah. (laughs) So I will be there. Um, I will not be like running start to finish, like the traditional running the marathon. I'll probably jump in, you know, midway through some, at some point and run with my teammates or whoever I see that looks like they're struggling or needs a little boost or whatever. And, and eventually come across the finish line around the eight hour mark. That's all right. We love that. That's amazing. Yeah. They're long days, but it's so incredibly rewarding. Um, I feel like it's my contribution to, to a cure. So that's, um, so that's my, my, why we'll be in Chicago back for the marathon. Very cool. And, and this charity is only one of the many things that you do because apparently in your free time, you just write books <laughs> yeah. you know, in, in all your free time when you're not working or volunteering or DJing. Right. Yeah. All this like free time that I have going on here. <laughs> it's so overwhelming. Um, yeah. So so the book, what do you want to know about it? <laughs> Everything. We want to know all about it. We read it. Okay. It's, not, it's like a very manageable book to all our listeners. Yes. You can pick up this book and read it start to finish right now. Yes, you can. And actually, it's really interesting that you point that out because I, th- I think that's something that a lot of people have pointed out and not in a negative way, but it's, and I can't tell you how encouraging that is to hear. So, um, sorry. So my book is called Fuck Skinny, How I Quit Dieting and Found My Health. And I have probably had this book brewing inside of my brain for like know, like ten years, and I actually got to work. Years? Yeah, like I thought of I, you know, I knew I wanted to write a book as I was like, I was on this huge life journey, you know, where where I was discovering and really like digging into all of these concepts that I just had this gut instinct that they would really help other people, you know, as I was unpacking all of this stuff for myself that I, I was like, ah, I just, I feel like this is more universal than like, it can't be just me. And I think that's probably true of a lot of our stories, you know, like I, I think, and, 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 and I'm one of those people who will tell you my entire life story just because you said hello to me. So. All right. Well, Hey, we have no time limits on the fit cast here. So uh, go, go, go. Start from the beginning. So, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, so I've always had that shared life experience thing that I think a lot of, you know, as I've gotten into professional health coaching, I start to realize that a lot of people, a lot of my clients think that what they're going through is something that only they're experiencing. And when, you know, they realize that, that they're, that there are other people out there who have felt as they feel, then they feel better and it helps to them to feel more normal and like they're not crazy and, or whatever. And so, um, I had just had this feeling like what I was going through with wrestling with, you know, I became a, a runner and a triathlete and a, and a personal trainer and I got into weightlifting and I got into, you know, healthy eating and I, like so healthy that for a while in my life, it was really tough for me to even go over to other people's houses to eat because I was so into like, you know, this clean eating and cooking everything from scratch and mostly plant-based and like, you know, like soaking. I like, I like learned how to 
how to sprout grains before you cook them to make them as healthy as humanly possible. Like, right. <laughs> that total extreme, like, like wow. I went, went to the extremes and, and then came back. Poor dieting. Right. Right. But it was, um, but I never really like lost weight or got skinny and, you know, I'm like running freaking marathons and, and lifting weights and doing high intensity intervals, like everything, everything you possibly think of. I'm like eating freaking kale every day. And I kale and sprouted grains, the breakfast of champions, <laughs> you know, and like raw, raw almond butter and, you know, whatever. Like I was, uh, and, and I like, I really had to wrestle with this, with this question of like, what, well, what does this mean that I'm not like, I'm not like some supermodel or I don't look like an athlete. Like people are still surprised. They're like, Oh, you run marathons because like, I'm not, I don't look like, I don't look like the people who win marathons. So, That's um, okay. I don't look like a Kenyan either. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, maybe my legs do, but like the rest of me does, yeah. does not. And, and, um, and I had to kind of make some decisions in my own brain about what that meant. And as I was learning all of the stuff about nutrition and I started to see all of these other changes and there was so much value in those changes that I was experiencing, I was like, oh my God, I have to write this all down. And at the beginning of this thought process, I was still like, I don't know, I guess very cerebral about it. And I was very like earthy, crunchy, like, you, you know, yogi at one with the world. And so my <laughs> initial concept you know, my old website was called truebell.com. And I was like, oh, it's gone about true beauty. What's really beautiful. Um, and then. <laughs> and now you've gone to fuck skinny. <laughs> I've gone to fuck skinny. Which, which actually, I'll tell you the story of how that happened. Um, so I was at this amazing, um, like, uh, for lack of a better word, we'll call it like a, it wasn't really a seminar, although it kind of was. It was like this, they called it a jam. Um, but it was a bunch of. Uh, health and fitness professionals coming together to do this um, workshop, this whole weekend workshop by this guy, um, Frank, who is the um, owner of Exuberant Animal. It's called Exuberant Animal. And it is a play-based exercise, um, and but for adults. It's not – I mean, it can, kids can do it, obviously, because it's playing. But I have never – laughed so hard, worked so hard, and been so sore in through playing games with Wait, other is this adults. like acro yoga because we like acro yoga. <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's actually not. It's like it's like grappling and pushing each other around and, and playing like sharks and minnows and other, but like m with way more science behind it, like a lot of the movements and a lot of the games and a lot of the things that you do use like your natural proprioceptive abilities and they like, you know, you'll do something like we did this, this thing where like half of us had to like lie down on a mat and we were not, the point was don't let the people standing up, move the mat out from under you. And like, just from being told, don't let the mat move from under you and them trying to like pull the mat out from under us, you engage all your muscles in absolutely the crap. Oh my God. I can imagine that would be really hard. Yeah. It was so hard and it was so fun. And like, you know, and, and so we started doing all these movements and everybody's like crawling all over each other and like laughing and, and pushing like, you know, like it was so fun. And so at one of our lunch breaks, I'm talking to Frank and I'm like, you know, this stuff is amazing. It would change people's lives. Like, why can I not buy your book? 
from Amazon, like, why can't I get all of this information? Like, why haven't you been, why are you self-publishing books instead of having them done by a big publishing house? And he told me that there was a, actually a bunch of publishers who were interested in his theory and in his book, but that they wouldn't agree to publish or market his book unless he rewrote it so that it would be about weight loss and that, and if he put a sexy person on and I was like, in that moment, like my brain like exploded. No kidding. That's my, Seriously. Like, my internal Bostonian was like, fuck skinny. And like, <laughs> so bad. And like, and all, and it was like in that moment, like I was like, fuck skinny. And like the light bulb went off. It was like, ding in my brain. And I was like, oh, my life's calling. That is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is how I need to say it because this is like genuinely how I feel. And I feel like I had said that phrase before, but I never really connected it with, with branding. And, um, and, you know, because my first, like in the book, I talk about like that first moment, which had happened probably six years earlier than that. And, and it really was my first fuck skinny moment. And I really, but I don't think I had ever put it together until someone was standing there and being like, I can't publish this thing that would be of service to all humans unless I make it about being skinny. And it I was has to be marketable. It has to fit the yeah. market and the market says yeah. people want to be skinny. Exactly. And so I figured that my way around having to like, because I was on my way to becoming a health coach and a personal trainer already at that point. And I, I figured that my way around having to market diets to people, cause I hate diets. Like I, that it was going to be to just like call my business fuck skinny and just see who wanted to jump on board with me because <laughs> there's so much other stuff out there that we can talk about and feel in our bodies to help us feel like sexy and, and strong and amazing. And then, then that doesn't have to include like this super narrow focus on what the scale says or what our pant size says. That's interesting. I'm going to hop in here and just yeah. jump into a little cultural sort of significance here. Uh, que Salk, you speak Spanish, right? I do. You do. What's the word in Spanish for skinny? Um, delgado, flaco. Flaco. So they've got two of them, right? So, and the term flaco or flaca in Spain, when I lived in Spain, was actually a negative term. Right? Like here in yeah. the US, like yeah, the skinnier the better. Yeah. term. Right. Like yeah. if someone is flaca, it's like they're just kind of like withering away to nothing type yes. thing. And in English, we don't have that. I was just having this discussion, like knowing a couple languages. Sometimes there's a word, like you, you just throw out the word skinny and everyone has their interpretation, right? And for the most part, it, here in this culture, you know, people are like, oh, I want to be skinny. I want to be skinny. But like the word flaca, is a negative term like you're you're falling apart type thing so yeah that's that's an interesting thing and you you get it you get the concept like why is skinny necessarily like right or whatever well why is it the ideal and why is that the thing that sells the books oh that pisses me off (laughs) (laughs) i know i know it pisses me off too and because for me when i let when i let go like every time that i let go of of that social pressure, I, I feel better and make better choices. Mm -hmm. Like it's like instantaneous. As soon as I let go of being so focused on my waist and, and on my body size, I instantaneously feel more motivated to go out and exercise. I feel more and, and comes from like a way more positive place. Like I want to like, I want to feel that energy boost that comes from eating healthy food. And I want to feel that, you know, that joy that comes from getting out there and like hugging people at six 30 in the morning and like sweating, you know, and not, yes. and not 
like the freedom that comes from like not giving a flying fuck what what you what you're oh, wasting. Now we have it. We have an explicit take on the show this week again. <laughs> oh please, that was when we said the title of the book. I know. <laughs> oh, you you know what? <laughs> but Laura, what I love about your book is that you talk about the choices that you make. Mm. And you talk about, you know, your, I, I don't, I mean, it, it's a diet because it's what you eat. It's not a diet because you're on it and it's restricted, but your diet, like yeah. what you eat and you, you make a lot of your food at home and, but you're not afraid to go out and eat a fucking cheeseburger. Like cheeseburgers are meant to be eaten. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, I was laughing actually like driving home. So I, uh, I was coming home from visiting my sister and brother-in-law they live outside of Philadelphia and I was eating with them all weekend and they're not, um, they're not health nuts. Although, um, my sister and I ran, this was the first race that my sister and I ever ran together. We ran the hot chocolate 15 K and, Oh, this is the perfect example of balance. It is. It was Run actually, and then eat chocolate. <laughs> it was so perfect. And she is the perfect person to do something like this with because she's so fun, especially around, around food and eating. And I think that my relationship with my sister is one of those things that helped bring me back into balance from, you know, like, I think I had to, from an educational standpoint, go to that extreme of like super healthy eating and like super regimented, like everything. But, but then I, you know, you have to go there for the education of it. You know, you need to know what that feels like. You need to learn how to cook that way. You need to like learn how to navigate uh, being healthy in a world that, that just is constantly throwing shit at you. <laughs> like, to, here, eat this. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know, it's delicious. And like, I had to figure out how to do airports and not eat a ton of crap. And, um, because I actually am, and my sister and I talked about this a lot. Like I was health never came easily to me. I was never one of those people who was like, oh, I was, I could eat whatever I wanted until, until I turned 30. Like, no, that was never me ever. Like I wanted my first diet when I was 14. So, um, yeah, my, and, and I like, there was so much shame around food at that point, you know, like I will never forget, um, how that all went down either. Like I was in my room, I, I'd gained weight, I couldn't even tell you how much anymore, even what I looked like or what pant size I was wearing, but I was 14 and self-conscious. I made, you know, like nachos or something for lunch. And I would, and I went to my room and I was sitting on my bed doing, you know, like probably watching TV or something and eating these nachos. And my mom came in and she just looked at me and she goes, do you want to start with weight at Weight Watchers with me? And I like paused and like I looked at her, and I was like, you just paused. Yeah, I just stopped, like mid, like chip on on route to mouth, and I was like, yes. And that's all she said. And then she walked out the door, and like every bite after that just felt like didn't even taste good anymore. And and like it was like it's like the first real like like tangible like I can go back there in my mind and like taste the flavors again and like feel those emotions where I really was like oh this is bad what I'm doing and like you know it's like so strange but yeah a lot of guilt around food and like and then it was into starving all the time and like became literally obsessed with food because I was hungry all the time because dieting on Weight Watchers is like super calorie restriction At, at least it was back then I have no idea people try to tell me it's different now but I'm not a believer I don't Oprah can, you know, eat her bread on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to keep eating your damn nachos. (laughs) Right. Sorry, Oprah. But 
but so my sister, my sister was kind of the balancing factor for me later on in life because even, so I've always had to, like, I've struggled with digestive issues my whole life. I've struggled with weight gain my whole life. I've now I'm have um, a disease called hyperparathyroidism, which is sometimes it's genetic. Sometimes it's completely random, but I have tumors on two, I probably, well, definitely one, maybe two of my hyper, uh, of my parathyroid glands. And it's causing all kinds of health drama for me. That's totally unrelated to diet. It's just these stupid tumors. And, um, and so I, I think like, oh my gosh, if I didn't have these healthy habits, what would my life be like right now? Like if, like where, how much energy would I have? Like, what would the quality of my life be like if I didn't attend to all these things? Cause she always jokes that I'm like the sickest healthy person that she's ever met. And, um, but, um, but I know that like, I have the energy, like people are like, you're sick. I can't believe you're sick because I have way more energy than most, most regular people have. And I think it's because of the way that I eat and exercise. But my sister is the opposite. My sister like came up with this whole comedy routine called you might be a fat kid, like back in the day that sure. still makes me laugh. She's, you know, and it's things like if you stand in front of the fridge, you know, and you take out your leftovers and you take a bite and you think to yourself, hmm, these don't really taste that good anymore. And then you finish it anyway, you might be a fat <laughs> kid. Like, <laughs> like if you say, if someone says, hey, can I share that with you and have a bite? And you're like, yeah, sure. And then they take a bite and you're like a little bit mad at them for doing it. You might be a fat kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, fun. Fat, fat kid over here. Don't, don't drink so my beer. Don't exactly. Exactly. And her point is that we all have that inner fat kid. Like we all have it. Like we all, and, and it's not something that we should be ashamed of. It's something we should be able to laugh at and embrace and just own. And then she started calling me like, she's like, you're your own weirdo kind of, you're like your own unique brand of fat kid because you think exactly the same way, but you just think of like that about like tomatoes, you know, <laughs> instead of French fries. So, um, so she and I did this hot chocolate 15k and this is the first race that she's ever run with me I've been running for like almost like like nine years and this is the first time in nine years that she's actually training for a half marathon and invited me down to run with her and the two of us we like got gypped on the first two snack stations oh they ran out of chocolate (laughs) no they just weren't telling us that that's where the chocolate was they were like they were like noon water noon water and we were like yeah, we'll have some water. And then we go running by and we see some girl with like a freaking marshmallow. I was like, where did you get that? And cause it's oh, like, Oh yeah, 40- I ran the hot chocolate 5k for the noon said no one right. ever. <laughs> no one ever. And so, and so they tell us that it's, they tell us that like, Oh, they were at the aid stations, whatever. And like, so we come around the other side and they're like water noon. And both my sister and I like simultaneously in the same voice, like the same tone, we're like snacks, like <laughs> yelling back at them what we wanted. Marshmallows. <laughs> Marshmallows, chocolate chips, you know? And then, like, afterwards, we're, like, looking at the map again, and we're, like, there were no M&Ms. This is bullshit. Like, we were, <laughs> we were so critical. But we had an absolute blast, and it was so special to share this part of my life with her that, like, and to have her invite me to do it with her, it was, like, incredibly, incredibly special. But she is, has always been that balance for me, and she... um you know, she's the one that's like, look, like it's summer. Kimball's is open. This Kimball's is this awesome ice cream place here in, in New England. And she's like, they're open. You're going and we're going to enjoy it. And, and I do. And I don't 
and I never feel bad or guilty or anything. Like I stopped on my way back in Sleepy Hollow, my favorite pizza place there on my drive back today. And I don't feel guilty about it, but um, tomorrow I will be eating salad all day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. But you don't do it to be skinny. Skinny is not the goal. No, no, no. It's like, all right. So I was actually thinking about this and because I was wondering like, you know, after four or five days of not eating healthfully, I feel sluggish. I feel tired. I feel like I can feel my digestive tract not really working quite right. And I think to myself, like, I, it must be that people don't realize how bad they feel until they feel better. Because if you've never experienced what good digestion and good sleep and good, like anything feels like, you have no idea what you're missing. Like you just think that that's normal. And so you don't, it doesn't, like your brain doesn't register that you don't feel as energetic or as good as you could. Whereas I know, I know what it feels like to be healthy. And actually that was one of the best things in terms of me like getting diagnosed early um, with my hyperparathyroidism because I could tell you like, like I said, people look at me and they're like, this is you and low energy. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And it's because I know what it actually feels like to feel healthy. And so I knew something was wrong and I knew it wasn't in my head. And I, you know, kept pushing my doctors and getting blood work on my own to get diagnosed. And it really came out of intimate knowledge of what it feels like to be super energized and, you know, to have like great skin and hair that grows like weeds and, and, you know, <laughs> like, and to be able to like get up out of bed and like tackle a day and still at, you know, nine, 10 PM be like, yeah, let's do a podcast, you know, like that. <laughs> oh, like today, like today, like that comes from, from eating well and, and, like being able to run marathons comes from eating well, you know, for me anyway, it does. It comes from a healthy lifestyle. And I don't, I like, if I pay attention to the scale, I will literally go crazy. I will literally go crazy because the instant that anything is wrong in my body, like the first thing that happens is I gain weight. Like when I, when this hyperparathyroidism like really set in, the first thing that happened was I gained 20 pounds in like four months. And I, while training for the Boston marathon, mind you, like it wasn't even like it was an off season and I was just like, Oh, donuts. Like which I oh, never donuts. do actually, but like, <laughs> like oh, no, my donuts. Friends, donuts are the devil. Don't eat donuts. My friends, my friends actually won't like, they'll come over for dinner and they'll bring like desserts or whatever. They won't leave them at my house because they know that I'm going to throw them in the trash. Not because, not because I'm like, Oh, these are bad for me and I need to throw them away or I'll eat them. It's like, well, they're either going to sit on my counter where I'm not going to eat them or I'm going to throw them away because I'm not like, I just don't eat that way. And I enjoyed them for our special dinner here, but like now I'm done and I don't want them anymore. And they're like, you, you are a cookie abuser. We're not leaving these here with you. Well, you know, you talk, you talk about that in your book too. Like you eat foods that make you feel good. Yeah. And you know what? Salads make you feel good. And the occasional mac and cheese makes you feel good. Oh my God. And when you, and when you know, it's like a mac and cheese night, it like, it is so satisfying. Special night. It's so satisfying. Like on like those really like tonight where it's like snowy and disgusting and like 25 degrees out and cold, like tomato soup and grilled cheese. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Um, And then, and how much better is it when it's like perfect like that on like a perfect night than if it was like the middle of July and just like another Tuesday, like it we're, wouldn't. We're the middle of April, but you live in Austin, Texas. Well, right. hold on, hold on here. <laughs> so then, you know, 
Yeah, it was perfect today again. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't deserve I don't deserve perfect food. I just you know, I eat my salads, I I, I eat my healthy foods. I'm in I'm in training mode right now, weight loss mode. Yeah. And and then there's this like I like and this is the thing that's so funny to me and why I think like one of the best things that people can do is get themselves back into the kitchen. Or like get into the kitchen and learn, like learn some kitchen skills, learn how to cook. And actually I've been um I share co-work space with another NP Boston person who is, um, she's a chef and she is in the process of starting her own business, um, doing consulting and also teaching people and like starting to blog about basic cooking skills and teaching basic cooking skills, oh, like wow. knife skills and like things like that. And like taking this approach where taking the intimidation out of the kitchen for people, um, with, with all of these tips and tricks, like, have you ever tried to like make one of the Rachel Ray 30 minute meals and like two hours later, you're like, why did I start this project? Yeah, it never takes 30 minutes. It never takes 30 minutes. Like she wants to teach people how to make things take 30 minutes, you know? And, and it's just that there's a few key things that chefs do, or like people who are good, like our experienced cooks do that other people don't realize to do. And that's makes all the difference in the cooking process. So, but like, I think there's this universal weird agreement that healthy food is like sacrifice, but like, I'm t when we all meet, I'm going to make you guys a salad and you're going to be like, I would eat this every day if it was, if it was here for me. And I would not feel like I was depriving myself whatsoever. Like I it doesn't have to have French fries on it in order it does, for you to like it. Right. It can taste so good. Just with like fresh ingredients, like, like there's nothing sadder than a tomato in December. Like it's just, don't eat it. <laughs> can there's we make nothing that, sadder uh, than can we make that the name of this that's episode? It. There's nothing, got it. Got it. Take a notes right now. Nothing sadder than a tomato in December. I like, they're, like, they're like styrofoam. Like who, who would eat that? Like I don't eat tomatoes on my oh, salad no, no, no. in the winter. I'm just thinking of like a little tiny cherry tomato that's just starting to shrivel and he's got like a sad face on and he's like, nobody likes me. Nobody's going to eat me. I actually went to a cooking demonstration this last weekend. You did? Yep. Austin Veg Fest. And, and I, we're going to post pictures just because, you know, to pimp to pimp the, the new Facebook page, right? The, the my page. Kesog Fon's... Uh, Fitcast Facebook page. We're gonna put pictures of the naked vegan chef. Oh, I nice. saw him. I would look at pictures of the naked vegan chef again. Yes, well, we're gonna throw those up, <laughs> and he was actually presenting, and it's, it's it's great. Like he's up there, and 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 I missed the very beginning because I was napping under a tree. Yeah, I like to take my naps, <laughs> but <laughs> welcome to Austin. But apparently, he was he was massaging the kale, and everybody in the room was pretty. Uh, Aroused. You're pretty aroused by him massaging the kid. And he's like, he's like, you know, I, I, I like spreading the word. And one of the ways I can get to the biggest audience is by taking yeah. my shirt off. That's, that's like genius marketing. And so know. Laura, you know, the naked vegan chef. I don't. Oh. I I will happily learn all about the naked vegan chef. Yes, you will. You will. Uh, you'll be happy. You can <laughs> you, happy. you can probably Google it here while while you're on the line, and uh, we'll definitely be posting <laughs> pictures of uh, Kelly, my girlfriend. Of course, got a picture with him. I was Thanks. feeling I was feeling a little jealous, but uh, you know, I'm not vegan. I don't have a body like the naked chef, and I don't walk around festivals with my shirt off. So, more power to both of them. <laughs> 
Well, okay. No, I want to interrupt you. Now that we're on the idea of having the perfect body, and here we are oogling over this vegan yeah. chef who's obviously got, like, a fucking chiseled body. Go Seriously, go to the Facebook page and see it. But, <laughs> Laura, one thing that you say in your book, and I'm paraphrasing this, is you can love your body even if it doesn't look like the vegan chef. Because it won't. Yeah. Because it's your body, and it's not going to look like somebody else's. No, but no. You can find one thing every day that you love about your body. You can find one thing. I yeah. dare you. I dare you to do that right now. Yeah, and you know, and it and it's interesting once you start on that process, like what pops into your mind to like on a given day, you know. And and this has definitely been an ongoing process. It was not easy when I started trying to do this and there are days when it still can be a little challenging but but like like I woke up one morning recently and I just because of the way that I was sleeping my hands were on my stomach and I realized that the skin on my stomach is like super soft it's like baby butt soft and I thought you know I thought gosh this is like this is like sad you know, like I, if I was a guy and I was had my hands on me, I would be like all up in that. Like I would be excited. <laughs> all up in that tummy skin. Right. And like, and, and, and all of a sudden this part of my body that has been like my, my biggest like thing I have to constantly contend with it because that's the piece that's like, everyone's like, it shouldn't be there. Um, to suddenly find something that like, even under like my own fingertips, I was like, no, no, I can, I can totally see how this could be awesome. You know, like it was, it was so cool. And, and, and the other thing that I've realized is that not only like the more down you are with you, the more down your partner is going to be with you. Like the more confidence that you can bring. Okay. It's a confidence thing. Yeah. Like the more, like the more you just are loving every minute of being in your own skin, the more that, the, the more that that just like beams off of you and that's sexy. And, and, and then like, I had this other revelation that really this, this idea, like what magazines tell us is said, like, there's nothing wrong with appreciating like a, like a, a super athletic body, but there's right. Wrong with me ogling him. There's nothing wrong. And like, and there aren't, too many people out there like that. So it's kind of a novelty to like look and, and appreciate. But at the same time, if you were in love with someone who didn't look like that, uh, I have every confidence that you think they're just as sexy and you can't wait to get your hands on them. Like it's just like sexuality just doesn't work the way that magazines and TV would like us to think that it does. And, and really like that's to me anyway, that's what it was about. Like it, for me, a huge part of this journey was wanting to like find love and be sexy and, and feel sexy and feel like, you know, like that was going to be like that. I didn't have to, I didn't have to, when I realized that I was never going to achieve this particular body type because I'm not made that way. Like there was that moment of fear, like, Oh my God, does this mean I'm never going to be sexy? And then I was like, I, I refuse to accept that, but it wasn't, I refuse to accept that I'm going to do whatever I can to be skinny. It was, I refuse to accept that I'm going to do whatever I can to feel sexy. And it wasn't looking, I couldn't go looking outside for it. Although it was fun to get outside confirmation that what I was doing was working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that 
that always helps. <laughs> but it had to start with me. Like I had to do it. I had to look in the mirror and make a different choice. I had to not be mortified when a partner didn't want to turn off the light. I had to like, and I had to not only not be mortified, but I had to like own that moment and it paid off. And, and I was the only one that could do that, you know? Oh my gosh. I think this is awesome for women to hear, especially women. I know there are men that, that are plenty of men that deal with the same body issues, but I just want to like give you major props for having the lady balls to write about this. Thank you. So, I, thank you. So I really hope. So, oh, t- you know what? This whole conversation spun out of one question that I actually never answered. Um, <laughs> That's okay. We don't, we're not, we're not stuck to actually answering questions. So, <laughs> at least in but, the first part. In the second part, we're going to call you out to it, but go ahead. It's really funny though that you said, because, it, and this, so this is almost like a perfect, like coming back around. So when I was, so when I finally, what finally, was the initial I, question? Like, what's your name? It, no, you said. <laughs> I told you. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you had ha- you had said you made comment about the fact that it's a quick read. Oh, so yeah. when I first started, like the writing process, uh, th- this is probably like four, probably four years ago. Um, I the book was much longer, like twelve thirteen. 13, like long chapters, like a proper book. And there were sections about nutrition and about, you know, exercise and stress management and like all of these things that you would expect all of these. (laughs) Yeah. That you would expect a a health book to have. Like, and what I, in, in my mind thought that, that people wanted, um, they, you know, they want to be told how to eat. They want to be told how to exercise, which actually as a coach, I don't believe, I don't believe in telling people what to like, what to do. Like I, I very much believe in the intelligence of each and every person to know what their own body needs when they are given time and space to to talk it out and hear themselves, um, which is what I offer as a health coach. So, so I'm like writing this whole second half of this book and I'm like, I fucking hate this. Like I didn't (laughs) like it. And like, I even sent it to like other friends of mine who had written books. I'd like sent it to, um, uh, Danny Bent, um, who is the leader of Project Awesome over in London and um, has written a couple of books himself. And like, I was like, hey, you know what? I just feel like messed up about this. And he wrote back and was like, yeah, I totally see that. Um, you know, why don't you just like lay out what the story is and go from there? And when I did that, I was like, all this other stuff is just, I like, that's like book two or like some other purpose or some other thing. And I cut out like, like seven chapters that oh I had written of <laughs> like, of like all of this, like I, I'm giving you what I think you want versus just telling my story. And the other, and the thing that's happened is that because the book is so short, people are reading the whole thing. They're not like buying it and then shelving it and like never getting to it or reading oh, no. like the I, I I read it and then I've gone back to it since then. Uh, I'm able to go back to it and say, oh, wow, let me read this part because it's very reaffirming. Yeah. And like, and, and I've gotten so much feedback like that. And it's been amazing. Like, and I was so nervous. I was like, are people going to be like, this isn't a real book because it's like five chapters and 30 something pages and I could read it in an hour and a half or like people, is it like not a real book is not worthy of, of being called like I'm an author, but no, it totally is. And I think it's done exactly what I was hoping it would do. And at least based on what people have said back to me. So I'm just, I'm so proud. My book party, my official book launch party is coming up in a couple of weeks and I'm really, really excited. How, and so, where can we pick up your book? Yeah, how can we get it? So the book is available on Amazon. 
Amazon.com, you can buy it in Kindle or now officially um, in paperback. And so both are available. And uh, yeah, so that's the best. That's, you know, Amazon. Let's say someone has a question for you because this, so this podcast is phenomenal. I can think of like a zillion people who need to listen to this for, for lots of reasons. Oh yeah. Um, like we need to, we need to, we need to pimp this one to get to the broadest audience as possible because there's a lot of people that I know and that I don't know who need to listen to this. If our listeners want to get a hold of you, Laura, Mm -hmm. how do you have an email or how do you want to, how do you want our listeners to get a hold of you? Um, so they can email me at laurajay at lauraj@fskinny.com. Okay. Uh, that's uh, and my website has like if um my website where I run all my business from and and I there's a link to my book and like links to other things that I that I do cuz I'm also a running coach and so everything is on fskinny.com like the yeah. She F. does everything folks. She can help you. <laughs> she can skinny.com. help find yourself. She can help you yeah. find your health. Oh. Oh, and I'm like a Twitter freak. I like love Twitter. All right, what's your Twitter handle? So my Twitter handle is at Forget Skinny because this is so sad. Oh F's, no! Like, I know because it's so vanilla and I can't stand it. But um, at F Skinny is not like somebody who takes the opposite approach to life and body image than me. So don't go to that. Don't go oh, to that. Oh no! Don't like her. that. I, See, what I really think is the F, the at F skinny Twitter girl. I think she needs a hug from me. Is what I think Aww. she really needs. I think oh she my needs God, a hug. She should email us so we can hook you be, up. And to be told that that everything is okay and that she's beautiful and that's probably what she really needs. But um, oh, no. I so my Twitter handle is at Forget Skinny and as is my Instagram. But I'm like I love Twitter and tweet chats and and being on Twitter. So people can always always tweet at me. I love that. Awesome. Well, that is, that's, that's incredible. Thanks a lot. Like, seriously, like we need to get this out there, right? Yeah, no, this is, this is going absolutely viral. We're posting, we're going to post a link to your book, Laura, so that people can pick it up. Yay. Yay. (laughs) And you got your email on there. If you want to email us, you can also email us here at the, at the FitCast and we're we're happy to answer this. Yeah. Why don't you say that again? What's the email address? KSelfonsFitCast at gmail.com. We got our mailbag coming later. We got some good stuff in the mailbag. Yeah, we do, but let's, we're not done with our guest yet, are no, we? No, we're not. We have some, Laura, we have some fun questions for you. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Hit me with your best shot. Go for it. You're Ooh, up first. Well, that right? actually leads right into uh, my question for you. <laughs> yes, it does. So, I'm reading the outline. I'm reading this outline, and I, I, I think I already know the answer. <laughs> So you're you're a DJ. So you know you know music. Not not only are you an author and a personal trainer and yada yada yada. We know you're impressive. You're a DJ. I am. <laughs> so and you're a runner. So do you have yeah. like a power song for running? So this is gonna shock everybody, especially all the people at November Project Boston for whom I DJ workouts on the rig. Um, on the rig. I right. cool. don't listen to music when i work out what you listen to podcasts like the all the cool kids <laughs> i don't um so to give you a brief background i started my career as an actress and a singer and that's how i got into djing because i was working at walt disney world and i got hired at the i was doing an equity comedy show at epcot and one of my co-workers um was 
told me that there were auditions over at the Disney Swan and Dolphin Hotel for karaoke hosts um, because they did like a floor show, like a like it was like a lounge act with karaoke thing. Like they didn't want people to play music. They didn't want like some DJ. It was like a stage in a really nice restaurant, and so um, so they wanted professional singers to sing between you know between guests and so I auditioned and I went over there and that's how I got into DJing it because that led to other gigs outside of Disney as well um and for which I actually needed DJ equipment and I just got into DJing during that <laughs> um and so I started running in like 2007 I would I would run from our break like our break trailers at Disney and I would run through the backstage areas and I had this like 5k mapped out um and I used to run back there and I would listen to music all the time back then and then I did one of the Disney races and my, and my, as I was like coming through, I think it was Hollywood studios. I suddenly had this aha moment that like all the stuff was going on around me and I was missing all of it. Oh. And so I took the headphones off and I ran faster and I had a better time and I was so much more aware of what was going on around me and it was such a better experience and so then I thought gosh well like what how does this translate into not a race scenario and so I started running without headphones just in my neighborhood and I same thing like I was having better runs I was more aware of my own body and not in like a negative way and I was way more aware of my own thoughts and so like a lot of the stuff that's now my website and my book was hatched by me just thinking while I was running because you're generating, I think it's because like you're generating so much, like so many of those like po positive, good feel hormones that you can't help but be also be creative at the same time. And so yep. like a lot of my best ideas came from that. And then when I started running with team of training back in 2010, then it was like even better because all of a sudden I had like, it was like catch up time. Like it was like friend time. And so and I have a whole bunch of friends from that time in my life where whenever anything was going on in our lives, we'd be like, hey, let's let's meet up for a run and I'll tell you what just happened. And so I never needed music again after that day, like ever. And so I still, I, I will, I have run 16 miles, 18 miles alone, like no partner, no running buddy with no music, just go. And, and I love it. Wow, that's that's a lesson for everybody out there. That's amazing. Just absorb absorb what's around you, right? Like enjoy that. And don't be so afraid of your own head. Like I think people are like they get nervous about being with themselves for that much time. And, you know, because they're afraid that they're going to feel the pain or they're afraid that they're going to, you know, get bored, but you, like you don't. Like you just don't. Um it's and and you you run so much smarter. I think that way. But that's, you know, that's me. I never, but as a coach, if people have headset, head, like headphones at training, I never say anything. I, I, people have to do, you do you. That's my, <laughs> that's my Aww. motto. That's that. Yep. Oh my gosh. Okay. Franz, can you even follow that up anymore? Well, I mean, I have questions, but <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I'm, I'm afraid like, this is so, <laughs> this is so phenomenal. I don't want to, I don't want to. <laughs> Throw out some stupid question that's not relevant. I love stupid questions. Hello, I was at comedy. Do you remember that part of the <laughs> that's story? Right, that's right. part, like, I did comedy for 10 years. I told nothing but like the <laughs> dumbest dad jokes you've ever heard. Like just the most ridiculous, like groaner jokes at the at the UK pavilion at Epcot for like yeah. seven years. So <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're definitely have to pimp this and pimp your pimp your blog and your website and your book, all that stuff. That's amazing. So <laughs> Um, Kesar, do you have any more questions? I got, I got a fun one or yeah, two. Yeah, let's hear a fun one. All right. So now this is sort of related to your book theme. 
uh, if we remember that that discussion from a while ago. If you had to choose, all right, Laura? Yeah. If you had to choose between eating tacos every day for the rest of your life or being skinny, would you choose hard or soft shells? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't make me pick. Um... <laughs> so are you a corn or flour tortilla person? Flour. Flour tortillas. All right, Absolutely. I think corn tortillas are... I hate, I hate the texture of them. Yeah. And they ruin everything. And so. Wow. Strong <laughs> fighting words right there out of this girl. Yeah. And I am also one of those people who think cilantro tastes like soap. Like I've got that gene. Oh. And oh, black that is, oh, that's a genetic thing. That is a yeah. genetic thing. And, and black licorice is like dirty feet. Like I do not, I want nothing to do with, with corn soft shell tacos or like no on the enchiladas, like no, no on cilantro, no on black licorice. But other than that. All right. But, so, but I've got two related questions to that. Now talking about sort of genetic, freak genetic activities. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and now, now I'm going to ask both questions. So she fell into the Chicago river and don't, now she has all these don't, genetic. <laughs> don't, don't jump into, don't jump into the answer until you hear both questions. A, okay. question, question one. When you eat asparagus, does your pee smell bad? Yes. And no, you just, right. you oh, already yes. already <laughs> failed the question. Blame the tumor. And and question number B, does other people's pee smell bad when they eat asparagus to you? If you even know the answer to that question. Okay. What? Well, in my in Are my asking her. This what? is a, this is actually a genetic thing. My toilet thing. sniffing career. Well, I've never smelled anyone else's pee, like, aside from babies who aren't yet eating asparagus. Yeah, probably a good thing. Yeah, that's the right answer. She answered it. <laughs> so, but the first one, you're, you're... No, but I'll tell you what, as a health coach, I, lo- like, I talk to people about their bowel movements, like, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. You're, you're right. You fit in on the podcast. <laughs> For, yes. So, like, the best, the most interesting long-run conversations with my team, they're like, Coach, um, so it's really embarrassing. And I'm like, you're having problems with pooping, aren't you? And they're like, yes. And so <laughs> we end up having conversations about poop all the time. Those are actually, by the way, those are actually genetic. There's two different genetic things. Like, you could, mm-hmm. your, your pee smelling bad with asparagus is one genetic thing. And the other one is actually being able to perceive pee smelling so there could be someone whose pee smells ridiculously horrible after eating asparagus but they don't even know it because they don't have the other gene which is required in order to smell that i you know what to me it doesn't smell bad it just smells like asparagus oh well you may have you may be positive on both genes she likes the healthy foods which is infinitely less alarming than what happens after you eat beets and then you go to the bathroom where you have like that brief oh, yeah. moment where you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. And then you're like, oh no, I just ate some beets. No, we're, we're tagging, we're tagging Johnny in this FitCast because I literally, he, he made me dinner the other night and he put beets in it. And I literally texted him the next day and I was like, I am either A, dying, B, <laughs> my intestines are bleeding. So C, A, or C, so C, A. I ate beets yesterday. <laughs> beets, C, dinner. Man. It's like that it's like they're so good for you and they taste great but then you have that like momentary like heart attack when you go to the bathroom the next day and you're like i am dying like this is it like, like every- why is it so red like exactly like i must be internally bleeding until you learn that like that that you only need to worry when it's black like 
black is the color of blood in your stool, not red. And then I'm like, whew, okay, beats. But like, beats no, there life. is every time there's that moment of panic. Well, I've never, I've never had any of these issues, so apparently. <laughs> oh, you haven't lived yet, Fon. Genetically, I'm, 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 I don't have that, uh, that problem. So. But Your body maybe. processes smells and colors. Yeah. Maybe I don't smell or see anything, but <laughs> that's fine as long as I don't have to worry about my pee being red or whatever perfect by the way i'm now changing my favorite thing for this episode you're changing <laughs> your favorite thing well why don't we move into our seggies here so laura thank you so much for coming on this has been an absolute energetic joy and we are going to spread the yeah, fuck out laura, of this thing you so welcome thank you for saying yes when i approached you guys and like like cyber stalked you and was like i must be on their fit on their fit cast i have to do it yeah this is awesome this is That's awesome you can fangirl us anytime and and by the way, when you come to Chicago, I owe you a lucky sandwich. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> awesome. Thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. All right, KSL. Well, let's move on to our segments. Yeah, let's move on. What's our first one? Uh, well, Austin Fit Magazine is sponsors our favorite things. They sure do. They're one of my favorite things, Austin Fit Magazine. <laughs> yes, they are. But this week, uh, we have, do you want to go first or should I? Well, I just changed mine. So mine was going to be carbonated beverages. Okay. Because I've been having some tummy issues, and I'll drink the carbonated beverages. And and that helps? I'll burp, and then I'll feel good. Okay. But now, it's fucking beets. Beets. I love yes. beets. They taste so good. There's a lot of fiber in beets, right? And other. I just went to Fleet Feet in Chicago today. Like okay. One of the biggest running stores, chains in Chicago. I spent $70 on nutrition. Beets? Mostly beets? And one of the things that I got was, I think it's Power Bar makes these, like, liquid nutrition that's, like, it's like baby food is what it is. And it's, like, mashed up stuff. And one of them is beets and bananas, and it's so good. Oh, very cool. Yeah, you're not having that. You're like, that's disgusting. <laughs> no, it is. It's really good. So beets. Beets are my favorite thing. Favorite thing is beets. That's fantastic. Well, my favorite thing this week is another podcast, a different podcast. Ooh. It's it's called How to Do Everything. Uh, have, have you listened to that one, Kaysalk? Yes, per, per your recommendation. Yes, it's uh, Ian and Mike. These guys, like, for, for our listeners, just go ahead and... Ship a ship an hour every couple of weeks to uh, to NPR. They've got amazing podcasts, including how to do everything. Like they ask, it's normal people asking ridiculous questions, and then these two getting like the top expert on the planet to to answer the question. <laughs> so that's what, so cool! It's just a bunch of nerds. Yeah, that's basically what it is, and it's it's really funny. These guys, you need a dry sense of humor, but. Uh, Go and check out uh, How to Do Everything by Ian and Mike on the NPR podcast list. And uh, that is my favorite thing this week. Yay! Favorite things! Yes. Thank you, Austin Fit Magazine, for sponsoring that segment. We love the favorite things. We're not we're not about complaining here. We're living all smiles and laughs, and we're going to continue that. What's our next segment? Sponsored by Wag Dog Walking. You wanna you want Wag to, Dog uh, Walking. How is your wagging going? Very well. I had a I had a few I had a few walks the first week, a few the second week. I actually just while we were on here, I booked one for tomorrow. 
Whoa, you yeah. are just busy. Now, it is WAG. I pronounced it wrong, not WAG. Well, it's pronounced how it's pronounced. Uh, but yes, uh, Freckles. I'm, I'm walking Freckles tomorrow at noon. What kind of dog is Freckles? Uh, let's see what Freckles is. Dalmatian? That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not a Dalmatian, but uh, we'll see. It's, it's some kind of mud. I don't know. It's, it says mix, so we'll see. Very cool. So, well, this yes. is our mailbag segment, right? This is the mailbag segment. So uh, we have some emails. Why don't uh, Why don't you start with an email you got, and then uh, I'll go next. Sure, I will start. So um, my first mailbag item is from Matt from Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, who who we actually know, I'm oh. pretty sure. But I won't okay. out him on the air. I'm totally going to tag him in this episode. Mm-hmm. And he wants to know, how can I be on your podcast? Oh, that's easy. I know, that's easy. I'm huge into running. I love talking about it. He even proposed, and he says this, but he even proposed to his fiance during a freaking marathon. Whoa. I know. So he says, is there an application process? Let me know. I would say just have him email us, right? I know. We should have Laura chime in because she just cyber-stalked me. (laughs) That's one way, just cyber-stalked. And yeah, email us, find us on Facebook, and just let us know that you want to be on. We're totally down for it. We love it. They're they're all about their stalkers. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. We love our stalkers. Well, hold on here. We got we have we have uh, boundaries on that, but yes, if you're persistent like Laura was and an amazingly quality speaker, we're happy to have you, Matt. If you like lucky sandwiches, then there are no boundaries. <laughs> so I got an email as well, and this email was actually sent uh, in an audio format. Oh. So uh, are we ready? Should we play it? Yes. Okay, hold on. Let me pull it up here. Greetings to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I am Mother Sarah Allen Rowland, the wife to late, Reverend Dr. Allen George Rowland, who worked with the German embassy in Dubai for nine years and died in the year 2004. We were married for good 17 years without a child. He died after a brief illness that lasted for only one month and two days. Before his death, we were both born-again Christians. Since his death, I decided not to remarry or get a child outside my matrimonial home, which the Bible is against. When my late (laughs) husband was alive, he deposited the sum of $48 million, 48 million U.S. dollars, in a bank in Spain. $48 million. This sounds legit. We better follow up with this. Yeah, no, I've already took our uh, Kaysong Fonz Fitcast, you know, the budget we have. Yeah. So Did I, you give it to him? Yeah, I sent it over. He was from Nigeria or whatever, so I sent it over. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'm really glad that you did that. It's going to come back tenfold, so... Oh, uh, absolutely, so absolutely. That sounds... Oh, my God. You have no idea how much respect I have for you right now? <laughs> I'm going to make money. I'm bringing home the dollars. I did not... I, Fonz, I did not think your email was going to be that. I actually Out have... Out of all the emails we get, you picked that one. I actually have a real email. Ready for it? Yes. This is from Kaylee in Miami. I'm looking to buy a new <laughs> pair of running shoes. And Somebody I, dying uh, No, I think we're fine. Our, our kitty's just running around. I'm looking to buy a new pair of running shoes, and I'm beginning to start my running career. So she's brand new. What kind should I get, or how do I go, go about finding a running shoe? Oh, man. I know. That's, that's a, a loaded complicated question. question. So... We can't answer that for you, girlfriend. Well, I know it's tough, but if you're if you're new, I think so. A lot of people buy them on Amazon or whatever, right? 
Um, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, it is if you know what you're going to you buy. If you know what you want, right. yeah. But the first, the first, the first pair or two, you want to get a little, you want to get a little help, right? Oh yeah, you you need a professional shoe fitter, certified shoe fitter extraordinaire to help you. Yeah, and they do that. Like go to a running store. Not 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 your normal sports authority or whatever. We're no, not saying don't go, go to Dix or Sports Authority. Go to I mean Fleet Feet's a good one. If yep. you have a Fleet Feet, um, Roadrunners, even like Nike and Asics, they'll do them there. Yeah, no, exactly. And get and make sure that they they look at your gait, get on the treadmill, take out maybe a a loaner pair or whatever, but make sure that it's it's right for you because everybody's gait is different, right? Oh yeah. So uh, make sure the gate, make sure they, they analyze your gate and get the right shoe for you. And if you're just starting out, your gate may be, it may be in flux. Like your first 100 miles may be different from your next 200 miles as you uh, get in shape, change your gait, see what's more comfortable yeah. for you. So, yeah, definitely don't buy your first pair of running shoes online. No, don't do it. So uh, I actually bought my trail shoes. Uh, Andy, Project Austin, or sorry, November Project Chicago, I went in. I went in. Uh, I went into the New Balance, and he got me a pair of shoes, and I was, it, it was very helpful for my for my trail shoes. And which trail shoes do you have? Uh, they're New Balance. Do you know the number? Uh, no, I don't have them on me here. I've got like three different pairs of shoes, and I don't know. I don't know exactly. Because uh, my trail shoes are New Balance too. Uh, There's the one hundred ones. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact. And model. I like them. They should sponsor Andy. They should sponsor us. Yes, let's get New Balance to, to throw some, throw some, some cashola our way. Our way. <laughs> but don't hit us with them, please. Yes. So anyhow, Kayla from Miami, don't go online and buy your first pair of shoes or even your second pair of shoes. Go ahead and get fitted. Try some new things out. Your gait's gonna change as you as you develop as a runner. So uh, make sure you're getting some professional help buying them. Uh, and don't skimp on it. You know, if there's a pair of shoes that costs $20 more than the other pair of shoes and fits a little better, spend yeah. oh, the extra yeah. money. You don't want to get injured, this, especially this early in your career, because you'll, oh, you'll stop running, and we don't want that. It's worth the money, for sure. Exactly. So Sports bras are worth the money. Shoes are worth the money. Mm-hmm. It's all worth the money. So, uh, so yeah, that's our mailbag. Fantastic. Woohoo! All right, what do we have coming up, partner? I'm trying to think about that. What do I have coming up? Well, the summit is always looming. The November Project Summit. Well, yeah, it's but so we're show. we're in April now. I got a trip coming up. You do have a trip coming up. Which uh, well, I've got you? I've got a couple of them, but my my most urgent one, the, the next one that's coming up, I'm gonna head east. I may maybe even see Laura in Boston. That's right. You're going out to what? Watch what? I'm going out to Boston in a couple of weeks, like a week and a half. You will definitely see me. <laughs> I will be there. Well, only, you know, I hear there's a marathon coming up. Do you know about all of, like, the cool parties and things that are happening? Uh, Le- like, the weekend before? All bo- of the cool parties. So, no, I do not know all of the cool <laughs> parties. Well, I mean... Bottom. <laughs> All right, so the first one is the um it's actually the November Project book release party is That's happening right. on the 16th. It's a Saturday and it is the Runner's World the North Face Speaker Series featuring the like November Project book and it's going to be like insane. Like it's probably one of the biggest November Project events ever and you're going to be here Woo-hoo! for it. I will be. Um like ever ever ever. So 
so amazing. And um, and then there is um, a sign making party at Janji. When's That's, this? That is Sunday night, and like because the marathon's on Monday. Monday and Patriots Day. Patriots Day, correct. Um, and uh, but nobody calls it that here. We're all like Marathon Monday. It's like an actual holiday. Um, so yeah. So then there's a sign making party at Janji, and I think. There might even be something going on Friday night, but I can't remember right now because I can't remember anything without a calendar in front of me. But there is a bunch of stuff going on. Um, yeah, there's definitely something going down Friday. And then, of course, the, the November Project Workout Monday morning. Which I'm, I'm scheduled to do. It's going to be tough. I'm, you know, I'm staying with my brother. My brother's running it. Uh, his whole family is coming out there. So I, he, I, I assume very few people do the workout on Monday morning and then run the marathon. Only the diehards. Only the diehards. Do, yeah. oh, do both. Is there are people that do it? I, you know what? There are like an insane I'm sure, bunch of people. I'm here. sure like, there are we, people who do it. Like, we have a lot of really insanely fit people. Like, we have people who regularly run more than 26 miles. Like, at a, like yeah. it's like a huge group here. And there are well, a lot of a, it's, like phenomenally fit people. I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that's, ever, that's done it, but that, like, I feel like there probably is at least a few I people think, who I have. Think our, I think our next episode we should have, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a point to try to get some sound bites or something from when I'm out in Boston. Um, you know, we have a ton of Chicago Tribe members running it, right? At least a few. Oh yeah, we have. I mean, Katie's running it. Katie is Becca. Uh, Becca's. Oh no, actually, I don't know if Becca's running it. Becca, let us know if you're running it. I have a yeah. feeling. Not. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, there's a ton of rogue runners. Rogue is another runners group in Chicago um, uh, that Katie mentioned when she was on our podcast that are doing it. Is Linton doing it again this year? Linton absolutely is doing it now that he's living in Boston. Yep, yep. So, yeah, it's... it's as well as, of course, other other tribe members from all of the tribes that, we, that we're very familiar with. So, yeah, so I will be doing that. I'm actually flying out Saturday morning. Uh, I get there pretty early in the day, so I'll be I'll be available for the, the the lunches and the evening parties on Saturday. Everything going is Sunday, and then uh, yeah, my brother said there's a 27th mile party at Fenway this year. Yeah, they they do that. They've done that a few years now, and it's okay. just super fun. It's super fun. So uh, yeah, he he plans on going to that. So I imagine I will, and there'll be a bunch of our friends out there. It's going to be lots of hugs, lots of love. So. So that is what's coming up, and then of course I'm I'm uh, training for the Ragnar, our our NP yeah, Chicago Fun Speed Ragnar team. Oh man, that's gonna be so fun. Yep, that will that will be that's that's a week and a half after uh, the Austin Capital whatever it's called triathlon that I'm doing. Yeah, so in in the the lake that's really a river. Yes, the Colorado River. I will be done with my triathlon season before you even start. <laughs> I don't like this. You keep saying you're retiring from triathlon. I don't like hearing that. No, whatever. Like I'm, I, I got one in a couple in what end of May, Memorial Day weekend. So you'll be you'll be doing either Soldier Field or Bike the Drive or maybe neither and just hanging out. But I will be I'm biking the drive. You are biking the drive. That's cool. Sure that's, am. I will channel my inner fun. Yeah, that's one of my. That's one of my favorite days. I will be taking bike the drive is Sunday, right? Yep. Yeah, I will be resting that day because I have a race the next morning. But uh, fantastic. So, anything you got coming up? 
I honestly don't have anything fun coming up. I need to live vicariously through all you folks who are going to be at Boston because I'm really jealous about that. Well, I will get some sound bites from the, from Boston. For sure. We'll put those on the next on the next vidcast, and uh, yeah, that's it. You go into November Project on uh, Chicago on Wednesday. I will absolutely be at November Project Chicago on Wednesday. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Also, I will actually. I'm leading the Project Austin uh, workout on Friday. You are fuck yeah. I am. So I'm not I'm not really jumping into a leader 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 full-time leader mode, but you know. You got you, wags to wag. I do. I have I have wags to dogs to dogs to walk. So, but yes, I will be uh, I'll be leading on uh, Friday. So, fucking good ass podcast, huh? I know. Hey, this hey, is so much fun. <laughs> but, but before before we before we go, could you do me a huge favor? Yeah, shoot. Could you please hug Ellen Pearl when you see her? From me to her, like I will, a big one. I will absolutely hug Ellen Pearl, and we're going to take her in here. How do you know Ellen? Oh, from Boston. Yeah, well, we met each other because of um, the one run for Boston, um, which was the relay that went across the country raising money for the Boston Marathon bombings um, victims, and then we all started November Project at the same time. Ah. So we're like pre-NP friends. Fantastic. We well, love Ellen. Yes, Ellen was actually on this FitCast, so go back and listen to uh, the <gasps> FitCast where Ellen and Gina were on. We loved it. It was fun. So, Fantastic. All right, cats. All right, Fonz. It's been fun. We will, uh, we will catch up again and uh, until the next recording. You have a fucking awesome week. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs>